like, let's just say there's a business and you like the business and you want to call them and you want to help them, but that you don't, you say, oh, I don't want to call. Maybe they'll say no. So first of all, you've made an assumption that they don't want to hear from you. That's the first rule you don't want to follow, but let's just say that business goes out of business. And then what if it's your fault? They didn't go, they went out of business because you didn't call them to do their fucking marketing where you could have got That's them a bunch of customers. So if you look at it as an obligation, that you could help them succeed because the failure rate in business is fucking high. In fact, the longer you are in business, the closer your business is to death. Think about that for a second. So here's a big question. As a digital marketer, how can we accelerate our business with extreme momentum without all the turbulence and time suck? And how do we do it in a way that changes the lives of everyone around us? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Chad Kaderi, CEO of Dashclicks, and welcome to Marketer's Mindset. Welcome back to another Marketer's Mindset podcast. Um, I have no guests today. I just have a chair. So, And here is the guest. He is right here. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to give you like a cool little intro and like intro music, and then you could just like jump in. Um, I screwed that one up, didn't I? Oh man, we might have to do this again. <laughs> Uh, I got Raul Alim of Custom Creatives from Los Angeles. Dude, I interviewed your partner, Cody, and it went well. That's amazing. I'm glad he did a good job. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I, was, I was happy. I was like, hey, don't screw this up because I'm going to interview um, Raul and I'm going to give him a report on how he did. <laughs> I was like, amazing. all right, dude. So, all right, I'll give him some kudos then. We're going to switch things up just a little bit today. Um, we're, I think you agreed that we're going to do a workshop on something super cool. Do you want to just give a little synopsis of kind of what I think we might be doing and then we'll jump into the podcast episode? Yeah, absolutely. So here's what I'm thinking we do. Like, how would you guys like in the audience? Let me know by liking this or commenting wherever you see this. If we did a workshop about turning your competitors into your lead sources. So you're basically outsourcing. If you're an agency owner or coaching business or whatever it is you do, uh, you partner up with other companies or they become your salespeople to feed you leads. Now that's called strategic partnerships. Today's world, they call them like JVs and joint ventures. But yeah. There's a clear strategy on how to angle and position yourself as an authority, even if you're brand new, it doesn't matter because I use this exact strategy to get clients like Geico, Realtor.com. And I had Fox uh, Sports reach out to me. I had the MLB and NHL. So I'm talking about the biggest brands everybody in the world has heard about just by using this method. And I'm just a dude wearing a sweater, normally a backwards hat and shorts. So it doesn't necessarily require suits to close the suits. That is cool. So we will, we will get that scheduled as a workshop and then we will go into deep detail on that. But in the meantime, can we, I want to talk a little bit more just of kind of about this strategy and stuff, just to get an idea. And you said you don't have to know anything or, I mean, well, maybe you got to know something, but you just said you could be like a beginner doing this and you have all these big guys reaching out. Like, how did you, how did you figure this out? Were you just kind of like trying to find a new channel to get new business? And then you just thought, you know, let's just give this a try. Yeah. So, so it was just about like, I think it was because like when my, my dad had a business and he was selling software, it was like accounting and payroll software during like the, when Intuit was rising above and he had so many different people white labeling his software. So when you'd go to the like Best Buys or whatever the stores were on the shelf and buy the software, you'd see like eight different packages for these types of softwares. All eight were his with different boxes around it. So now fast forward, like a decade later, when I started my business, I was thinking like, well, what if I can get other people to sell my shit for me? Because I was selling one-to-one, like I was selling a realtor, a doctor. And I'm like, man, this is the sales cycle is a little bit challenging. It's like one call close to 12 call close. Right. So I was like, well, what if I could get one client to give me their clients by finding an angle of what is missing in their lives. So since I was in the digital marketing era, kind of growing up or starting, at least I decided like everybody does SEO, everybody does Facebook ads, everybody does Google ads. There's just so many people doing it from good people to terrible people. I don't want to get into that snake oil business just yet. I'll get in there later, but let me get my foot in the door. The one thing I knew people hated or still may hate is graphic design. 
nobody likes a graphic designer because it's like if you hire one full-time you're like well we don't have enough full-time work so you're pissed off at the person and then if they take too long on a project you're like why did it take so long i don't want to pay you that much so it's like i saw this like evolution happening in the graphic designers they're almost treated like a field goal kicker that missed the winning field goal every single day so i'm like well that's a headache business let me take on the headache i got a bottle ad builder right next to me give me your graphic projects so i i hate interviews so I would skip the interview. So I'd literally cold email, cold call. And I would say, Hey, I see that you got uh, display advertising, you do Google ads, all this cool stuff. I just got to ask, like, are you looking to improve how people click the ads that you create? And then of course they're going to say the answer is yes. I say, cool. Do you have uh, somebody full-time right now that's reliable or are you farming it out as you get projects? And then I was betting that they're farming it out. And most people do in that particular case. And then I would say, well, how about this? What if I just do some ads for you? Then we'll talk about pricing only if you like it. And then I would just get some free ads, give it to them. Because we can do this shit like clockwork. Yeah. Because we could literally, if, if, you get, if you told me like a college, like UCLA MBA program, I can write that message or my team can write that message in like five minutes, way better than they can do it in like 17 meetings. Because you know how like boardrooms like to meet, to meet, to meet. We can just knock that shit out in a second. Um, and then we'd give them the most beautiful creative, like whether it's HTML, Flash, uh, animated GIF or static. And then when people saw it, I would say, what do you think? And like, I fucking love it. I'm like, well, what do you love about it? And I'm like, I, like, what about the speed? Did you like the speed? Did you like yeah. the convenience that we wrote your message for you? Like, yeah, we like it all. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to tell you the truth. I just put you in my normal turnaround time. I didn't even actually expedite you. I'm like, how can we do business right now? I want it all. So, and then we closed and then we'd say, then we like the only way really quick before you jump in, the, I would pre, I would have a prerequisite. When I offered you something for free, it didn't mean I was going to actually do it. I had to first qualify you before I did the work. So if I said, right. hey, can I do some free shit for you? You say, yeah, of course, I want free shit. And then I would say, all right, cool. Let's just hypothetically say you love what I do. And where would our relationship then land the minute you say, I love it? Like, is there a volume that you can give me? They'll say, possibly. I'm like, what does that mean? Is there like 10, 20, 50 units a month that I can get? And they're like, okay, well, we typically do about 30. And if they say 30, I'm in. If they say 10, I'll be like, all right, I'm in, but I'll teach them how to get to 30 or 40 or 50 so I can charge them more money and they can charge their clients more money. And then I would tell them the price. I said, here's my price. Are you okay with that if you love this? And once I got yes, yes, and yes, then I'll say, cool, let's do the free project. So I don't want to do free stuff where there's no future because I'm trying to do this to earn business. So you, 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 must, apply, you must have applied this similarly when you were starting off so mm -hmm. this is how i started off this is exactly how i started well, off. Yeah. so this is sort of my assumption i'm getting from this like you sort of started off where like i need to get one client and service them well figure out how to duplicate this so that when i hit the next client it's just we can almost guarantee there's results that this is going to happen this is going to work and it we can replicate and then we just get good at it so then we just do one thing at a time and we scale that way versus let's just shotgun the market and get as many clients as we can knowing that probably we're not going to service them well and they're all going to leave but we made you know a ton of money in three months whatever so no, you're, you're absolutely right I, I was flying the plane and building it at the same time like a lot of people do when they're first starting out hmm. so so it's kind of like almost like a semi-shotgun approach where i'm like i want volume so i can bring in revenue and i can service people because when i wasn't when i started out I just sacrificed a lot because I, whatever I lacked in talent, I would make up in just working longer. So I was okay with the commitment to not sleep. That was perfectly fine with me, but I'd actually go through, I would, the one thing I never ever would want to do is let down a customer. Um, and I would not sleep to the ends earth and I would not make them feel bad that I didn't sleep. I wouldn't tell them my deficits. I would just find talent because I'll tell you this, when I I've sold over like probably at this stage, maybe like 150, 200,000 banners by now, like at this, like doing this so long. And I haven't done very many in the last like five or six years. We have a whole different model, um, yeah. which is the same strategy that I'm explaining now, but with different products and services. Um, but 
that like it, it's just a system it's just like get cold call because they already want it you're coming in at a different angle cold email when it's inappropriate to actually make phone calls so if it's like midnight don't call in, in california don't call new york like do your cold emailing build your list so when you wake up like at two like four in the morning five in the morning whatever time it could be 10 in the morning for for whatever your energy needs yeah. uh, then you're just guns blazing you're not waking up in the morning and saying what do i do today and do your agenda and then 12 o'clock comes around and you haven't done shit we're literally being tenacious and we're going out the gates guns blazing and the reason why is we want to work hard as possible early so then we can do the vacations we can do the free time we can buy the materialistic shit we want or whatever that why is but a lot of people i see just don't do the work they say oh man that's so cool you can cold call but then they haven't picked up the phone like it, it just takes the the work is the hard part the strategy is I, we can give you so okay i have questions about that because that's really interesting what you talked about before when you're saying that um you started off this way like you make sure you i mean of course you need to scale and get more clients and things like that and there's also other ways to scale like you increase your profit margin or mm -hmm. you know you add new services to current clients you have so on and so forth but you didn't really waver off from how you started like and then now you're using that in a sense it's not like a learning tactic but as like a lead gen tactic so you'll qualify someone and you say listen internally you're saying this like if we can if we just show them we know we're going to win them and they're the perfect client to put that time up front into because we know they're going to be like first of all the value of giving that for free is going to be tremendous but then when they, mm -hmm. it actually works you're like by the way that's just how we operate let's mm -hmm. let's talk business now your uh -huh. what does what your close rate look for that i mean is that is that pretty much well, Most I mean, time they're the, sold the, on the that close or, rate, or is that the, also just a lot of like time and effort because compared to like a standard sales structure, you know, calling uh, here's what we will do, not necessarily do it now. And then compared to what you're doing like this, are they comparable in time frame, or is it just longer, well, but the close rates better? Yeah. So, so the close rate was, I honestly don't even know the answer to the close rate because it was a cold outreach. So I didn't have metrics of like a hundred closes or a hundred outreaches to one close. Mm. Um, it, it was, it, everything is a variable number because I was doing the majority of this for the first decade, for the first 10 years of doing this. Um, and it's not because I, I'm, I'm not good at delegating. It's because this is what I love. This is my skill. I love doing the networking, but I'm also yeah. not selling you something for $500. Yeah, the unit price may cost $500, but if I close the client, it could be 100,000 for the year. It could be 50,000 for the year. It could be a million for the year. And we, I mean, it ultimately at the end of the day, if you're, if you're gaining your feet and you're closing smaller clients like let's say a small client is worth ten thousand for a year for you now once you know that you can service that person and keep that person happy well guess what if you're dealing with an entrepreneur that's under a million dollars they're fucking hard to deal with they have attitudes they fire people quickly they blame really easily so if you they're literally harder than closing somebody like a publicly traded company which we close realtor.com guess why because the people you're closing, it's not their fucking money. They don't care. They're unemotional to it. They just want a solution so they can go and sell more product of their own. And sometimes they need a strategic partner to fulfill on what they sell. And that's what we found, a market gap. We found that they had these products and services mm. that required an outside talent to do one piece of it. I found that gap dug into the pain. And then we ultimately got them as a client and there's the million dollar baby a year. I mean, who would have thought selling little fucking square banners that flash that are annoying as shit can make you over $1 million per year per one client. So what do you, how do you, how do you like, that's insane. So like, how do you, how do you put this in like comprehensible terms for someone who, who's like just starting and they're thinking like the only skill level I have that I feel like I can market is low price offer to small company 
Well, I think it's a psychology and a vocabulary change because if you want to say, if you want to charge $5,000 and you currently charge 2,500 or a thousand or under that, it doesn't matter. Just change the word. It's, it's all it is, is one word. And if the worst case scenario is they all say no to you, find either a different market that can actually afford you or use that as a price anchor and then see what they can afford. Because if it's basically $5,000 is how I can get your restaurant packed. Well, dude, we're a startup. We, this is our only location. We can't afford 5,000. Well, that's not a problem. What have you allocated towards marketing realistically? Now you have an anchor. Now you have a conversation because that same person at $500 is going to say, whoa, that's way too expensive. At $1,000, whoa, that's way too expensive. But when you anchor it way out of their reach, then it's like, hey, let's have an honest conversation about budget. Um, so, so you can use it in any way, but the reality of the, the question is like, how can somebody comprehend this? It's just a matter of like, let me, let me answer it in my vantage point of how I started. Yeah, it, it just seems so like, how do you even, it just seems so out of reach. Like, how do I go from here to getting like realtor.com? You know? Yeah. It's it, like, I'll, we'll do that on the workshop. We'll, because that's going to be yeah. a little bit longer of an answer. Um, but the reality is this. So I've done, I've sold millions in SEO. I don't know how to do STO. I've sold millions in banner ads. To this day, I don't even know what the back of Photoshop looks like or what programs are built in. Because one thing I would do is I would acquire the strategy of how to get the client. I would learn the presentation of what I'm going to tell the client. And I'd understand delivery, which I call Disneyland experience. Because oh, yeah. the delivery is where you got to like build a relationship. Because that's where you're going to grow together. Where you're going to have upsell, cross-sell potential with that client. But it's not about just the money, which it is. It's like you want the money, of course. You want to do it without the money. Yeah, but then it's also about the game and experience that you can actually get that person to love you. Because it's so easy to be fired. And I hate being fucking fired. Yeah, I've been fired a lot of times by a lot of people, but it's not, but I don't want to be fired for like bad service. I don't want to be fired because they didn't like what I do or like me. I want to be fired for a whole different reason. Like they sold their business or, and the new ownership group doesn't already has a team. So, so that's kind of my, my, my challenge is like the delivery side. I want, I want to have like a very high satisfaction rating. So super passionate about it. But the, the, the reason I went on that little tangent there was um, you don't need skill of how to do the deliverable. You can hire talent out because I mean, back when I was doing everything, there wasn't like, this is going back like 15 years. There wasn't like Fiverr, I don't think was a thing. Upwork, I don't remember. We had a website called guru.com and that was still like getting, oh, I think yeah. they're owned by like Uplance or something Lance, uh, Elance maybe or something. I don't even know if they're around, but, um, but those were the websites we were using uh, to find talent. And once we found talent, we would have conversations with the talent. We'd say, hey, we sometimes need shit done at two in the morning. Are you going to be doing that? And uh, that we just indoctrinate them into the culture of we're living in agency life. We're not trying to take your life away from you. Yeah. But there are going to be things time to time where like, like, like in college basketball, they call it midnight madness. I'm like, we are going to have certain midnight madnesses every single month. And you can expect that. So I've implemented, I, I used to implement this. I don't know anymore, but I call it Savage Wednesdays. And that just means we're going to eat at our desk. We're going to take our breaks at our desk and we're just going to work till midnight. I mean, that must be really productive. It, it was more, it was more of like, it was more of an athletic mindset and a test. I don't know why I do it because it was more of a test than it was a result of, of quality, but it was also a culture fit because we all like to work hard. Everybody got paid to do it. So it wasn't like you're working, like you're not working without pay, but it was more of like a mental toughness test because I, I kind of compare myself a little bit, like, like not compare in like quality level, but just the yeah. way mannerisms work is like a coach Calipari from university of Kentucky. Like he takes young talent and they groom to their, to their next level of the NBA. Mm. I took a lot of young talent. I would groom them. And my job was to get you out of my company to go do whatever big things you're going to do in life. Um, and then the talent that I knew I can keep, I would just keep, I would culture and create the core. And then I'd have the circulating players around me. Okay. That's unique. That's unique. I don't hear that often. And I, I interview a lot of people and I don't really hear that often. And then actually, to be honest with you, they don't really even really touch too much on their team. Besides just, we have a team, they do this. That's pretty much it. Here's our strategy. So you actually, you actually will sort people out in a sense where you'll still bring yeah. someone on knowing that I'm going to groom that person so they can just spread their wings and start their own thing. 
Oh, hundred percent. That's part of my interview process. So I'm going to say like, Hey, tell me what your goal is in the next couple of years. If you even know what it is, like, do you want to ever start your own company? Like I want to know that shit right now because then my job as your trainer and your employer yeah. is to get you to your goal because I don't want, you're not my slave. I want you to be so happy to come here that I know that I'm going to train you how to quit my job or quit working for me. And I'll get you where you want to go personally by doing that. You have to work hard for me too. So, because what, if you're not going to work hard for me, how are you going to work hard for you? Because this takes fucking discipline because you're about to go from presumably working for me, let's call it an eight hour day. Now you're going to go for less pay and work 24 hours. So if you can't do the eight hours really effectively, how the fuck are you going to do the 24? And knowing what you need to do in the eight hours too. Yeah, exactly. Because I'll teach you all the mistakes you don't want to be making. Because I'll tell you mistake number one, no focus. Like the mistake number two, Hey, you want a website? I can do websites. I can do SEO. I can do Google My Business. I can do graphic design. That's it. You, you're, you're, you're a Jamaican. You've got every job possible. You can't. You will not sleep and you will also fuck everything up if you're not good at one skill and don't know how to do all the others, but keeps being a yes man. Be a specialist as early as you possibly can and make that decision. It's a hard mindset to do of being a specialist in one product. I sold banner ads to real estate agents. Like who the fuck would niche that niche of a niche? I not only niched the graphic design, That's uber I niched the industry, and then I niched who I would do the, the, the banners for. It wasn't every realtor. You had to advertise on realtor.com. You had to advertise on Truly. You had to advertise on homes.com. Yeah. That was it. If you weren't there, I didn't touch you because I knew you spent money. Do you, think it's, do you think it's better to niche in an industry or niche in a service? I think the more you believe in yourself that there's money there, I think you'll find yourself doing both really, really well. You can broaden out later in life because like, if you look at the biggest agencies in the world, like the Ogilvy and Mathers, the Gary V, whatever, VaynerMedia, et cetera, they do everybody. They can do Coca-Cola. They'll do JetBlue or whatnot, HBO. I mean, I, I met the CEO of Huge Incorporated who had at the time JetBlue, HBO, Taco Bell. Um, they can do those because they're charging like probably a hundred million dollar contracts. So they can actually hire the best talent in the world. And they, they're, they have like great strategy and great experience. But when you're small and you're working out of your house and you just have a couple of ISAs or contractors or whatever that setup is, I would literally try to be a specialist because then you can get these strategic partnerships that we're going to be doing a workshop on much easier because then you're super focused. Yeah. Um, but then you're also going to have a repeatable system. Like imagine if I had the same person try to sell SEO on a call, then the next call was a graphic design and logo. And the next thing was a website in a different industry. Yeah. They'll fuck it all up because uh, as the entrepreneur, to me, it's easy. I can sell you all those things fairly easy, but to knowledge transfer that that's not easy. It, it, it's not easy because my mentality and your mentality as entrepreneurs is we're going to find a way. As an employee, they're trying to learn the way. So they don't have the 24-7 brain. They're not looking at um, a waiter and saying, hey, if I was that waiter, here's how I would operate a little differently. They don't think like, here's the like little details and the devil in the details. They're thinking, I just got to be there on time, do my thing, get out and go drink beers with my buds, right? So, so they're operating on a different level. How do you, how do you train someone? It's still cool that you bring people on knowing that they might leave and you kind of groom them to do that if they're that kind of person. How do you how do you know which ones you are grooming to keep in to make them a good employee and like succeed? And the ones that you're like, well, no, this guy, this girl's got the thing. Like what what is that? How do you make that decision? There's there's gonna be certain intangibles. Uh, like people that show up early just because they realize I got to be early. There's people that will do extra work. There are people that will say, Hey dude, I was reading this book called never split the difference with Chris Voss. I learned this line. Have you heard of it? I'm like, I love the fact that you're doing this shit all on your own. You have the desire, the X factor, as I call it. So it's kind of like a gut check because there's going to be X factor people that have bad intentions. And there's going to be X factor people that will bleed your colors. You just have to be self-aware to be able to understand the difference between the two, because it's going to have a culture impact too, because we've like almost like the Terrell Owens effect. Terrell Owens is one of the most talented could have gone down as the greatest wide receiver in NFL history, but yet nobody gave a fuck about having him on the team. He got traded to trade to trade it. No one gave two mm. shits. He was the most talented, but nobody wanted him and he never excelled, never won the championship. There's a reason it's his attitude. He, so nobody can penetrate into his ego. So we just yeah. get rid of that poison and we keep the people who are maybe less talented, 
but are team oriented. Okay, I can relate to this. I I have found it to be easier to focus on a person's motivation and like eagerness for me to want to like I'll invest my time to help you. Mm-hmm. And talent's like second. You're right. Consideration. Hey, you're 100% because, right. Cuz if you just deal with what well, sort of sort of clients and I mean I guess fundamentally it sort of applies to a lot of different scenarios, but it's like, if they're, a, if they're like, they got a bad attitude and I have to keep like, Hey, I'm trying to help you like turn into something where you don't have to look at your bank account essentially. Right. That's kind of like the gist, right. You could just do whatever you want. And it's like, how much money do you have in your bank? I don't know, but I got enough, you know, I got more than enough. Everyone's kind of chasing that thing or whatever else it is. But if you don't have the attitude, it's like, I don't want to be responsible for you in that way. Cause you saw, it doesn't seem appreciative and I don't want to be a part of that. It's crazy how there's probably so many people who do have massive talent, but for whatever reason, it's some sort of attitude thing and no one wants to be involved with that. So it's sort of, I feel like really first foremost, it's almost like you really got to like reset their, you got to put them through boot camp a bit, and I don't know if you're willing to do that. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 the boot camp is going to be very quickly. It's going to be very serious, hardcore conversation, and then a time deadline attached to it. So we'll have an open conversation. Oh. We'll use some of the tactics that, like from Chris Christopher Voss, where you used anchoring and whatnot. We'll say, "Look, I have a very difficult conversation. I have to go over with you. Can we set up a Zoom for tomorrow at two? It's going to be about an hour. Can you make it?" Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, "They're now in their gut. They're like, what the fuck? It's difficult. What is it? It's going to be a difficult conversation. I'll say, hey, here's the things that you're doing well." here are the things that are really frustrating to me and how do I solve these? Cause I want you to be part of the team, but I need you to want to be part of the team and we have to solve this to carry forward. So what I'm going to do is go over this list. You tell me your feedback and how your feelings are. And then we're going to attach a deadline if we can come to a common ground. And if we can't, that's totally fine too. And how, how, how does that work? How, how really is the well. success with that? Really well, really well, because then they realize they may not have got that feedback from anyone in life before. And also they didn't realize that people are perceiving it that way. So they, they were just unaware. So I'm giving them a chance. Now, if we can't remedy it and they're showing up and they're like rubbing their heads, it's like, how's your day? Good. Like that fucking energy ain't going to happen. I'm like, brother, if we're starting at seven in the morning, you better do your jumping jacks by fucking six. So you have the energy to get your warm up. And I'm like, when we were kids, we were, we're warming up for an hour and a half before a 90 minute game, getting the sweat, getting the stretching. I'm like, right. Do whatever, whatever energy you need. If you need three minutes to be on a call, use that. If you need an hour and a half, prepare motherfucker prepare. That's just the way it works. If you're unprepared, guess what? Preparation can't meet opportunity. So what do you, I have more questions popping up. So like, what, where, yeah. what are your thoughts on like um, the employment, like employment in general and like resumes and things like that? Cause does, it sort of seems a bit, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily say something vague as like it's outdated, you know, but like, how do you, how do you even start with hiring like the right person, whether you're need to hire someone like a talent because you need someone to fulfill a service or you're at the point where I'm, I'm ready to hire my first employee. Like, like, what have you, have you, how do you do your hiring process and what do you find like works the best? Cause it doesn't seem like just a simple resume and simple interview seems to be like really how you find talent. Cause it just kind of seems like you're guessing. Yeah. I mean, the resume, I don't really look at resumes or whatnot very often, but it does give me a pulse. So it's good to have the piece of paper to know if they graduated college. The only thing I I don't care about college or not, that has no reason why I'm going to hire you or not. Um, Unless you're like a doctor or a lawyer or a dentist or something where you require it, of course, but uh, I'm I'm only going to be a a customer of theirs, not actually hiring for myself as an employee. But um, I look at that as just like a commitment level. Like how long have you been at jobs? Like, are you there for like three months, three months, three months? Or, and if they're interns, that's okay. But if it's like your LinkedIn resume looks like a fucking mile long and you're only 25, something's wrong with your loyalty or you. Um, so, and that, that I'm not going to judge. I'm just going to understand why is this the case? And they could have been like a freelancer and they were, thought it was valuable to stack all these different companies. And they're like, no, that, that's the reason, but they're talented. So, I mean, the resume gives me just a little bit of pulse, but if I'm hiring for a skill, like let's say something I don't know much about, like a PHP developer, I'll yeah. have them develop something. 
I'll say, use the skill to develop something. We don't even need to really have too long of a conversation other than what's your, what's your mission in life? Where do you want to be in two years? Do you have a family? Like, what do you like to do? What's your favorite color? Do you like sports? Okay, cool. When it comes to like a job, let's, let, let's say we had a deadline and it like, we have like 12 hours till this thing needs to be hit. Otherwise a big client's going to fire us, but this is like 18 hours of work. What do we do? Like, what would your, what would your solution be? And then like, I want to hear what they have to say. They're like, dude, I'll, I'll get it done. I'll just work faster. I won't skip. I'll skip. I'll, I'll sacrifice. Now I ask those like kind of commitment questions, but I want to get some motivation questions in. Um, then yeah. I want to get some like, like a time of like, Hey, is there a time where you had a, you had a, a battle or a, a tiff with somebody on, on the, on a team and how'd you handle that? Because I want to know if you're a team player. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of getting like a cultural fit, especially when I'm an, like a seat, like an owner of a company where I don't know how to do the skill that I'm hiring for. I need them to know like, hey, like I want to know about you psychologically. And then I'll have part of like the hiring process, do the thing I'm hiring you for before I actually pay you. So you're actually, you really, you really are going to test them to make sure they know. What they're oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, or even, even asking for, even, even asking for previous work to prove it. Yeah, pre previous work. And then I'll just have somebody audit it that's on the team that already is familiar mm -hmm. with that thing and say, like, what do you think about this? And here's what I'm looking for. And I'm like, you interview them next. Like, if I if I don't know how to interview, I'll even call. I have a pretty decent Rolodex of friends uh, now. So, I mean, like, I'll hire, I'll call my buddies and I'll say I'm calling in a favor in exchange for a beer. I need you to talk to somebody for me. So I'll get somebody who knows how to help me hire too. So I don't make a mistake, but also I'm going to back up for one second. Be okay making a mistake because you are, you're not going to prevent bad hires. You're going to hire wrong people from time to time. Be okay with it. It's not, nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with a lot of people leave you. Everything's wrong. If you don't improve the process over time. Right. Don't repeat the same mistake, you know, make sure we're yeah. taking notes on what, where we made the mistake. Mm -hmm. So I'm still hooked on that thing that you brought up. Cause I don't, that, that is so cool. It, it actually is drives. I could see people wanting to work with you because of things like that. And probably other things too. Have you had like success stories with people you brought on and they you helped them and now they're like doing yep. some stuff that they just never, like maybe they applied for some entry level thing with you. Now they're just like having their own business or something. I have guys that have like literally sent me letters, came over to my house. We drank beers together and had me on their podcast if they have one and interviewed me. And one of them most notably, um, probably, yeah, I think he was like my, my patient zero, my first like hire when I closed my biggest account no at the time or my bigger account at the time. And uh, uh, he went on to start a marketing company to compete directly against me. <laughs> Um, and well, at first he, we, we parted ways cause it'd been like a, like a decade or something. He, like he was my little brother that I never wanted, but we oh, joke yeah. about it. And then he went to a different company and to make matters worse, that company was in my own building. That was my competitor. Oh, and then no. he left that company and then he started his own thing and he was dicking around, but anyways, I'll fast forward to the story. He started, he found his rhythm. He started doing podcasting. I still help him, um, when he has needs advice, but he, now he closed Netflix as a client. He closed cheesecake factory as a client and some other huge name. I forgot the name, but these are big motherfucking brands. And he literally came to me and made me like melt in my heart. This was like three months ago. And he's like, I used your exact partnership model that you taught me. And I finally put it to use 10 years later. And I got these big clients and I'm like, dude, I love that. I love seeing wow. you in, but I've had other clients or, or, or employees that work for like head of graphic design for like Disney, a division of Disney to Sony. Like, so it's kind of cool to see people go from like these young people that were just reckless and all they focused on was like the clubs and nightclubs and shit. And they were living for the weekend to now like thinking totally different. Um, because some of these people I'm thinking like some of the guys that work for me, I'm like, fuck this guy, if he didn't work here, I wonder if he'd be in jail. Like, I literally think that cause I'm like, I'm going to mentor these fuckers. I'm like, I'm going to teach them discipline. And like, they, like, I, I hope I, I had that kind of impact on certain people, but um, I know I did on certain people cause they gave me feedback loops. Dude, that is so cool. That must, you must've been like, I feel like I accomplished something. Like, yeah, it, it like now that like, be, because money is off the table for me as like the number one mission in my life, because I have enough, 
Um, it's more of like that feedback loop is like, now it drives me even more to be able to do this after such a long period of time is like the different, the, the why changes at first, all I cared about was money. That's it. I was just like, if you don't give me the money, like I can't work, I can't even give you advice. Like I was really so hungry. That's what was engraved in my brain early on. So I can survive. Um, so I can actually help people. So I focused heavily on if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. I think that was like a Snoop Dogg lyric. And then it started to evolve. Then the quality of what I did went up, the quality of the people went up. Um, and then once I had a bunch of money to invest, then it went into like, if I can treat people, if I can get those stories out of people that worked for me and I made their lives better, amazing. If I can make the lives of my clients uh, better, amazing. So the, the, the why changes once the money is not the first why. Well, I feel like once you get past that, it, well, I guess it's the natural progression. It's like start mm -hmm. a business. Okay. I have a business and that sort of justified maybe by like the end result is I look good online. I have everything I need to start like making sales and I make my first sales call. And then the next motivation is one, well, I need to start making income. I need to start making revenue. And then you do hit a point and I, I hear this, I'm starting to hear this a lot more. Um, they hit a point where money is sort of like checked off the list. Now mm -hmm. they can really sort of thrive as an entrepreneur, whatever that looks like. And I feel like that's really this, this like arena, you kind of have to grind your way up to get into to where you find more meaning out of it. And I think that's what makes entrepreneurship really cool is because for you, you know, it's not a money thing. Now you're talking about helping people go through that process in or quicker and mentoring and working with them to become better person than they are or thinking, man, I think this guy would be in jail, but like, he's not, that's because he's here. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, what, what are some plans you have for the future? Like any, any, uh, any projects that you always thought about doing that you're able to do now? that yeah like i mean real estate is obviously like not obviously i guess nobody would know that it's obvious for me but um i want to be more into real estate like I, my parents have always said buy real estate buy real estate and i was always like fuck real estate that's the stupidest shit i ever heard of because yeah, you guys all like yeah because i was just like that doesn't make any sense i'm like what like i have to wait 30 years for my shit to double or triple or quadruple i can do if i take that same money put it in my business I can do that in like a month or two months, three months for a year, not 30. Yeah. So I never got the comprehension of the long game when I was first starting out because you don't know what you don't know. So it's just a, a young reckless kid that just thought I knew everything on this earth. Had I listened to him, I'd probably have a lot more real estate now, but now I mean, real estate's a game that I've been doing for about like, like seven or eight years now. I'm just buying properties, like nothing savage, like where it's like every month I'm buying something. It's like every, every like couple, three, four or five months, I'm looking for something yeah. um, because something will sell. Then I have cash flow to put in and stuff. So that's something I like. Um, and I don't know, I might want to build like some sort of like app around happy hours. And it's not because I used to love happy hour. And I used to like go out and have fun, but yeah. there, and I don't mean go get, go wild and black out. I mean, like, I don't know where happy hour is anywhere in the whole entire city. And I'm like, and like restaurant owners don't drive traffic. Cause I think that's the most profitable two to three hours of any restaurant that's empty is tell people that you have a discounted product uh, that you're not going to play full retail, but you're gonna get the premium shit. And then they bleed into retail pricing. So if happy hour is four to seven or four to six, if you do a good job from training your staff, they're going to stay until eight o'clock at night and have dinner and then your ticket prices go up. So I've never seen a, a great restaurant marketer that I know firsthand, like what I mean, a restaurant owner that drives traffic consistently. Yeah, it's because they're avoiding that happy hour because a lot of restaurants think, well, I don't want them to come at happy hour all the time because it's cheaper and I can charge them more later or before. It's like, dude, trust me, people like deals. It's a psychology game because I've watched so much bar rescue. Like I want to meet John. I'm going to, I'm going to like meet John Taffer and just like show up at his office one day and just say, John, I'm going to be on your TV show as one of your partners one day. I want to start a happy hour app. I'm going to give you my whole entire game plan. And if you build it without me, good for you. But if you, to give me credit for the idea and do it with me. I'll make your life a lot easier. Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll be part of that. I'll knock on his door if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it together. We're both in SoCal. I'll yeah, drive exactly. on my way home from San Diego. I'll stop by uh, your neck of the woods. <laughs> Dude, that, okay. I love that idea. Well, funny, funny comment about that is 
you're like, why do you even have, if you don't like happy hour, why do you have it? You must have for some reason, do you not look at your balance sheet and go, oh, good, it worked to some degree. But you're just like, it didn't work enough because we didn't charge full retail. But what's interesting about that is, is it's something that's just like a typical thing you just expect, but people like love it. Like people look forward to that. If you, it's like a common thing. It's like, oh, we go to Dave and Buster's on Wednesdays because it's half off. Like, oh yeah. It's in people's calendars for, for some things like, you know, especially like a David Buster's it's good for the family, the kids, and you get a discount. Why not go on that day? <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. People know, but, but then stuff. it, but then it gets people to also create that loyalty, that brand awareness, that thought process, because the same people who go with their family on Wednesday, their kids are going to want to go on Sunday. And guess what? When little Johnny turns nine, guess where the party's going to be. It's not going to be this like jumper in the backyard and get a balloon artist to come over. The balloon artist is going to go to Dave and Buster's the shit's done you don't have to work you don't have to plan everything's already done at dave and buster's right so like it has an impact a long-term brand loyalty play uh but the, the one thing going back to the happy hour and somebody in the audience takes the idea good for you because i had this idea 10 years ago and i never did anything with it because i was caught up in so much other things i was focused in but I'm, I, I love happy hour ideas um but it was my my pitch was going to be how would you like real-time revenue meaning i push a button and two hours later, your store is packed. So if you paid me two grand for that button, you'll have $5,000 before the night ends. Hmm. So I'll, I'll tell you what that means later. I'll keep that, that the rest of it's a secret right now. I know. I'm like, I'm like, what is it? <laughs> what is it? Yeah. That, I mean, that's a great pitch, but I'm intrigued. I know we'll go more in depth um, later, but I have one more question for you. Yeah. Um, the people who listen to this podcast it's kind of a spectrum. It's sort of like majority is like people starting off, whether Mm -hmm. they're thinking about starting something or they already have, but maybe they have a zero to five clients, let's say. Um, There's people in between who are doing five to 10 K. And then there's a few that are kind of like the big dogs, right? So for majority of the audiences are kind of new. What's, what's like the number one advice you have that you can give that, you think will probably save them the most time in the long term? Uh, I would probably say like, have an agenda for your days. I'm going to keep it super simple. And it sounds very easy to do, right? But I know so many entrepreneurs, like, what do you, like, I started off on the podcast here, like, what do you do in a day? Or maybe this was before we hit the button. Um, Like, you have to audit your day. Like, if you're working 12 hours just to tell your friends, your mom and dad and impress them, no one gives a fuck. Like, focus on your day and do the thing you want to do. So if you want to get customers and you have no leads, go where they are, go network, cold call them, cold email them, stop by, send them a Starbucks $5 gift card if you want to. Like, so find an angle of how you can get the attention of your direct customer. That's the most important thing is like, if you, like right when you're starting, if I was starting brand new right now and pick any industry for me, pick any, like name an industry. Oh, uh, I don't know, solar. Solar. So if I was going to do a solar, the first thing I would do is I, I'd put a list together of all the solar people that I want to. If I don't want to do a list, then I can be kind of going not strategic. But let's say I didn't put a list together. I would just go to Yelp and say solar companies. I would, cl- I would organize that whole list so I could have 50 per day that I'm going to reach out to. I'm going to send them emails, number one. I'm going to send them maybe a direct mail piece because that's going to be super cheap for 50 per, per day. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to maybe, if I want to stand out, I'm going to send them a picture of themselves in the form of a $9 fat head. That's going to be my first strategy. I'll have a little bit of budget because if I send them a picture of themselves, they're going to have no choice but to call me back. So I'll have a letter. So I would do that super strategic. And then now I just have the conversation. I just say, hey, look, I know that you have a lot of choices in marketing. I just wanted to stand out with the creativeness of how we got to be on this conversation together. Is there a way that I can help you get more business? And that's it. And then just work with them. It's not sell or be sold. It's like, hey, I want to help you. You help me. If I tell you the truth, I am brand new at this. And that's why I'm going to work the hardest. I'm going to give you 100% of my attention. You're going to be my day one, bay one. You're going to get me at my best right now when I'm just, I'm only raw talent. Once I get expensive, you don't get that. You're going to stay right here with me because you're my day one, bay one. If you put work into me, I'll put work into you. So I'll have that honest conversation of energy because that's what people want to hear if somebody yeah. was applying for me i would love to hear that i would love to say like i'm gonna work my ass off for you i would i'll do that's anything cool. to the ends of the earth to learn this skill it doesn't mean i'm gonna stay with you forever 
but I want to learn as much, make you as much money as possible. And then later I'll make my thing. I'll make my thing. I'll do more, make more money later. Because if I don't have the skill yet and I don't have the, it's like almost like if Kobe Bryant was so skillful, but never got to play a game, it'd just mm-hmm. be a shame. Same thing with yeah. you guys. Just go, go after what you want. Cause if you want to get good at sales, make more calls. If you want to get good at marketing, get more marketing clients. That's the it's, easiest way to do it. So it's this, it's the simplistic of doing, mm-hmm. making it happen, birth by fire kind of thing, trial. And, but also making sure that what you're doing throughout the day is you have a plan. So if you call for one hour, you call for one hour, and then you have the next few hours, you do this and you do that. And maybe you get everything done in four. And if you're done and you're sitting there and you're like, I did everything, go to the beach, go work out, have some fun. Yeah. And let me, let me say one more thing. Like, so I, like I used to work at a, in corporate, so we had quotas and that helped me a lot. So try to inflict a quota on yourself. So if you want to make, let's say it's eight o'clock to nine o'clock and you're just starting out, make the goal, something you can achieve like 20 calls in one hour, because out of 20 calls, imagine nobody answered. You can probably get 20 calls in like seven minutes at the most. Now you've reached your goal. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to get ahead and actually change the goal to 20 actual conversations where they answer? I don't mm. care if they hang up on you. Now we have a new goal. Now we've raised our standards. So like if you're athletes out there, because I talk in a lot of athletic language, like when I, when we were running, we were running something in soccer, you have a Cooper's test. And that was like two miles in 12 minutes. Otherwise you were just not even considered to even be part of a team. You, you just go home. Um, so we changed it to five miles, or I'm sorry, five minute miles for three miles. So 15 minutes. So we raised our fucking standards of who we wanted on our fucking team. Yeah. That's how we did it. It's like, we raised the bar. So same thing with you. Once you hit a goal, it's then raise the standard because it's your life. No one's watching. You're only cheating yourself. It's almost like if you're, when you were, you know, when you're working out with your buddy and you're like, Oh, that was 10. And you're like, Oh, it was really eight. Or I did a rep of 10. It's like, you're cheating yourself, man. Like <laughs> yeah. no, nobody gives a shit. Right. It's, it's just like, get, get, get your goal and 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 kind of stay true to yourself that's the most important thing i can say and you keep it really simple that that's good advice and i think i think the best advice is always the simple the simple advice because it can get really complicated like there's so many things to think about so it's easy to sort of say well you know do this and then do that supplement it with this it's like a it's like your concoction of like vitamins i guess you know it could be really complicated you don't really know what what that's going on um, yeah. And in sales, if you're marketing, be, be a bull in a China shop at first. Like don't, don't get like overly prepared right away because you don't know if they want what you're doing anyways, because like, I mean, it's pretty easy to be prepared. It's like you, somebody owns a business. You got a way to get them customers prepare. Preparedness is already pretty much a prerequisite and over. I wouldn't really overly research and go to their LinkedIn and all this stuff, especially if you're cold outreaching, just go do the hundred, hundred dials is, is going to make you so much more successful than reading a LinkedIn resume and making three dials uh, because I so I know there's a lot of people that like to do the research I yeah. just look at it as like I'll do the research if there's a common ground that this person's actually receiving me and likes my information then I'll start to get strategic after I know they're interested not before sometimes sometimes I do feel like it's a bit of an excuse for them not to call because they feel like they're doing something but it's like okay did you call no I'm doing the research okay cool yeah. And they're just like, I don't, I'm going to just keep doing the research because I don't want to call. <laughs> exactly. I want to give everybody an exercise here. Like this is going to get you guys really uncomfortable, but then also Ooh. lead to major comfort. Go somewhere that like, let's say a Starbucks or even Chipotle. When you're going to pay, they're saying, how can I get 10% off right now? How can I get 10% off right now? Hmm. See what they say. How fucking odd is that? They're going to be like, what the fuck did you say? Yeah, how can I get 10% off right now? Get a discount where they don't give discounts. That's going to be your goal. They'll say yes to you, but look how uncomfortable it is. So now when you're going into an environment where you actually want it the most, you'll be okay asking uncomfortable questions. Like the Apple store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll tell you student discounts. So you already know the answer. Bring a college kid. <laughs> that is a cool episode. I think someone else said something like that. Maybe it was Cody. I don't remember because that sounds familiar, but- 
It could be Cody. Yeah, because I like I, the reason I say that is because I grew up with Indian parents. It's the most embarrassing shit in the world where they're negotiating at the dinner table, like like stuff, like weird stuff, like stuff that shouldn't be negotiated is, is being negotiated. I'm like, fuck, that's so embarrassing, Dad. And he's like, don't worry, don't just just you be you, I'll be me. I'm like, okay. And now, uh, like many years later, I'm like the same, doing the same thing. Uh, but it makes you super comfortable. I mean, when you make somebody right. feel good by giving you a discount and making them feel like they did you did them a favor that's like the most brilliant kind of like persuasion in the world um which people will get good at but if you don't try you'll never actually have it bleed over into other categories because like when i everything when it comes to like sales and persuasion it's all around us it's like christopher voss says i mean it's whether the kids need to go to bed on time or they want ice cream or broccoli um everything's just like every decision we make is a persuasion even if there's nobody to persuade it's ourselves like should i wake up at six or should i hit the snooze button for six times a negotiation just occurred in a micro moment so that's why i kind of like to have these awareness exercises so they become subconscious well they're fantastic it's like get comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah often totally <laughs> like yeah as often as possible <laughs> as yeah. often as possible yeah. you'll get your business to a point well it, it always gets to some point that you're gonna have to be like what what is this what's happening and you're gonna have to just deal with it or you're gonna have to jump on a phone or you're gonna have to do things so it's kind of like it's always that peeling the band-aid off that i just feel like it's people want something that's like a sexy answer mm-hmm. to like what they don't want to do like, I guess the best way I explain this is it's not sexy to say cold calling. It's not sexy to knock on people's doors. It's kind of like the rental business a bit. It's, mm-hmm. but it's lucrative. Yeah. I mean, if you make it your obligation, like here's a mind hack that maybe, maybe valuable to people. Like, let's just say there's a business and you like the business and you want to call them and you want to help them, but that you don't, you say, oh, I don't want to call. Maybe they'll say no. So first of all, you made an assumption that they don't want to hear from you. That's the first rule you don't want to follow. But let's just say that business goes out of business. And then what if it's your fault they didn't go, they went out of business because you didn't call them to do their fucking marketing where you could have got them a bunch of customers. So if you look at it as an obligation that you could help them succeed because the failure rate in business is fucking high. In fact, the longer you are in business, the closer your business is to death. Think about that for a second. The longer you do something, the closer you are to going out of business, yet you're still going to do it as an entrepreneur. Barely any businesses make it past 10 years. Why do people start businesses? Now, why do people fail? Because they have no fucking innovation. They have no marketing. They have no way to get customers. So if you think about it as your obligation, now pick up the phone and dial. That is a dope place to end the podcast. Bam, like that. Dude, that was so cool. Um, Raul Alim, Custom Creatives from Los Angeles. Raul, thank you so much. That was amazing. And I'm looking forward to our workshop because that I'm like, you like intrigued me and I feel a little teased. So I'm like dying to like, <laughs> like dying to do it with you. Perfect. I love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll hook that up and give the audience and, and everybody just something that they can run with and make life a lot easier and make a lot of money. Totally. Where can people find you? Go in my Facebook group. It's going to be, here's the domain name. It's joingsd.com forward slash group. That'll get into my Facebook group. And then I'm the admin. So you can just friend me and DM me if you want to ask me any questions. But that would be the fastest way is to get in the group because I'm pretty active in there and I respond pretty quickly. So join gsd.com forward slash group. Cool. I'll add it in the description. Roll. Okay, thank sweet. you. Thank you so much. Yep. yep. Thanks for having me. Want more of Marketer's Mindset? Join our private Facebook group where agencies from all over the world share strategies, network, and scale their business together. Visit facebook.com slash groups slash marketers mindset to get instant access. Also, if this podcast impacted you in any way, please share it with friends and leave us a review on iTunes as that really helps build our community.